Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week has been one dumpster fire after another. Mm-hmm. Um, literally two seconds before we started cry- uh, crying. <laughs> two, seconds, two seconds before we started um, recording, I was crying. Um, so we're doing great over really, here. Really, really great, guys. <laughs> I feel like we say that every week and every week it just gets more and more shitty. And I'm very very tired of it here if the aliens would like to come and abduct me um anytime would be great anytime really would be her great. schedule is completely open it really is um uh just like a lot's happened this week mm-hmm. um i went back to work uh that's a disaster which seems like that yeah this week was very long and it's only thursday it's only fucking thursday <laughs> wait what <laughs> we're gonna cry um so i went back to work um that's interesting uh that's all i'm gonna say about that um my brother ran into my car Mm -hmm. um there's now a very large dent and um scratch very deep scratch yeah um and my taillight went out, mm-hmm. um, which seems like the smallest of my worries. Oh, and then my battery died in my car. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great time. But you did have the little jumper thing in the back. I did have the little jumper thing in the back of my car. I didn't know how to hook it up, but I had it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the instructions are still in my car. They are. Okay. <laughs> I was doing I some googling. I need to Googling. like tape it. To yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then uh, the woes of having a boyfriend. I would not know anything about that. Um, Sorry. Yeah, they're interesting, you guys. Um, I'm sure the listeners know. So yeah, as you guys know, it's a it's a a fun time. Um, Sounds like something I would not be interested in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sierra, how has your week been? Enough about me and <laughs> my dumpster fire of a life. Um, well, uh, we are wrapping up the first unit of <laughs> Math 1. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah, you are. We have a test on Tuesday. So we shall see, and everybody shall see how terrible they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I think, like like I said uh, the other day, like I think 10% of the people will probably be fine. The other 90% of the people are going to be like, oh, crap, I didn't listen to anything, I didn't do anything, and now I know nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll sh- we shall see. I hope that I am surprised, pleasantly surprised, but I'm not holding out hope. Yeah, same. So, But for so many other things besides your Math 1 classes... Mm. Yeah, so I have to figure out something something different. But we are going to have like a come to Jesus meeting on Wednesday. Um, because we have an early release day. And I was like, what better way to try to figure this out than when we have less time? There you go. 
<laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay. Because that means I have to stare at them and them stare at me without saying anything for less time than we normally would. Oh, true, 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 true. What if I shaved my head right now? Mm. You know how you're not supposed to make God damn it, decisions yeah. when I'm upset? Yeah. Yes. That's how I ended up with bangs drunk at 3 a.m. Yeah. Eh, but that turned out okay. It turned out okay until they got fucked up the other day. Well, um, that's not really on the uh, mm-hmm. bang mm-hmm. side. That's on the boyfriend side. Mm-hmm. So there is that. <laughs> if he listens, this one's going to be hilarious. Oh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Oh, well. Anywho. Yes. Let's get into the case, shall we? What you all came here for, yes. actually. Uh, you know, they secretly love hearing us <laughs> complain. Like, who doesn't I love mean, hearing me complain constantly every single week? lives are worse than yours, that makes you feel better, right? It does. That's why people watch, like, Dr. Phil and shit. So, I hope you guys feel better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so because I've had a dumpster fire of a week, I wanted to talk about aliens and cults. So, what better than Heaven's Gate? Okay. Um, like the alien cult. Mm-hmm. Um, so Heaven's Gate, it's like it's like it's like a whole thing. Okay. okay. So we're gonna talk about one dude first, and then okay. get into it. Okay. Okay. All right. So the son of a Presbyterian minister and former soldier, Marshall Applewhite, began his foray into like biblical. Prophecies? Okay. Yeah. In the early 1970s, after being fired from the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas, over an alleged relationship with one of his male students. So he met Bonnie Nettles, a 44-year-old married nurse with an interest in, like, um, biblical prophecies and, um, like, theology and that Mm -hmm. kind of shit. In March 1972, the circumstances of their meeting are, like, disputed, um, according to Applewhite's writings, the two met in a hospital where she worked while he was visiting a sick friend there. However, it's been rumored that it was a psychiatric hospital, but Nettles was substituting for another nurse working with premature babies in the nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, Applewhite later recalled that he felt as though he had known Nettles for a long time and concluded that they had met in a past life. She told him that their meeting had been foretold by um foretold to her by extraterrestrials, persuading him that he had a divine assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Applewhite and Nettles pondered life. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. As we all do sometimes. E- yes, yeah. Um, they read, like, Richard Bach. And they kept a King James Bible with them and studied several passages from the New Testament, focusing on the teachings about Christology um, and just really diving deep into, like, that sort of stuff. Um, Applewhite also had a very large interest in um, science fiction. Okay. Um so he read works by Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke. And by June 19th, Applewhite and Nettles' beliefs had solidified into a basic outline. Okay. Uh, they, <laughs> like, that's all you say when I tell you this information is okay. And I'm just like, are you really, are you really listening to me? Or are you just like... No, I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> Am I talking too fast? No, I just, okay. I mean, like, I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
just throw that back in my face now. Was that intentional? Because it looks like it was intentional, and I feel like we're going to be throwing fists here soon. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, really she's not. not. We're really going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so earlier I came home, and I didn't have my house key. Um, and I like was banging on the door, like violently shaking it. And so she opened it and she's like, my parents aren't home. I can't talk to you right now. And like shut the door in my face. <laughs> that was great. Oh yeah. Anyway, back to some great people. Applewhite and Nettles beliefs. Okay. Okay. They're solid. Mm-hmm. They had concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher level minds than other people. They wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan, a thinly veiled reference to Applewhite. Um, also, he's a creepy looking motherfucker. Is he? He is. Like, mm. you, if you saw this man walking down the street, you'd be like, he's a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> like, They're like, okay. Like, he gives off those vibes, yeah. you know? Um so, furthermore, they concluded that they were the only two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and occasionally visit churches or other spiritual groups um, to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two or, you ready? Mm-hmm. The UFO two. <laughs> what the what? <laughs> right? They believed they would be killed and then life would be restored in a view of others transported onto a st- like spaceship okay. like their lives would be restored like they would die on earth yeah 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 yeah. and they would be transported to the alien thing yes. and be alive yeah thank you sorry i got a little mumbled in my head there um it's been a hard week <laughs> okay we're making it you're fine uh so this event which they referred to as the demonstration was to prove their claims um to their dismay, these ideas were poorly received by existing religious communities. No. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. Yeah. So, the two. Mm-hmm. You know, the UFO two? The UFO two. You know them. Yeah. Okay. The band. Uh-huh. <laughs> they played the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but they do. Because they're from Texas. Oh, Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Would gain their first follower, Sharon Morgan, in May 1974. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sharon. Exactly. Mm. Um, abandoning her children oh. to join them. Cute. A month later, Sharon left the two and returned to her family. Uh, Nettles and Applewhite were arrested and charged with credit card fraud for using Morgan's credit cards, despite the fact she had consented to their use. The charges were later dropped. However, a routine check brought up that Applewhite had stolen a rental car from St. Louis nine months earlier, which he was still in possession of. Applewhite was then arrested and spent six months in jail, primarily in Missouri, mm-hmm. um, and was released in 1975. Um, and then, like, he joined Nettles again uh, okay, when yeah. he was released. Because yeah. let me tell you, these bitches. They're stuck like glue now. They are. So, eventually, Applewhite and Nettles um, resolved to contacting the extraterrestrials. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, when are you going to come? Basically, yeah. And they were also looking for, like, like like-minded followers. Mm -hmm. Um, Not aliens. 
just like regular, like regular people. Yeah. So they publish advertisements for meetings where they recu- recruited like dis- disciples. Mm-hmm. Disciples. Um, I can tell I'm upset because I'm messing up more than usual and my southern accent is getting right there in it. That drawl. That drawl. Um, anyway, so their disciples mm-hmm. were called the crew. Oh, original? Mm-hmm. So at the events, they were like supposedly to like, I don't know how to phrase this. They were like trying to say they were represent beings from another planet. Like they were aliens in human bodies. Yes. And um, this other planet was the next level. Oh, okay. That's what it was called. Oh. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, who sought participants, 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 dear Lord of mercy, y'all, I'm so sorry, for an experiment. They stated that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. In April 1975, during a meeting with a metaphysical group of 80 people led by Clarence Klug, also, bless his fucking heart, um, in Joan... Culpepper's Studio City, Los Angeles home, they shared their simultaneous revelation that they had been told that they were two witnesses written into the Bible. Like at the end. Um, While accounts of the meeting differ, all describe it as like a momentous like occasion. Mm -hmm. And that Applewhite and Nettles presented themselves as like charismatic leaders with important spiritual message. And between 23 and 27 individuals decided to join the group as a result of that meeting. Mm, wow. Yeah. So this, it just starts to like pick up after mm-hmm. this point. Um, later in September 1975, Applewhite and Nettles preached at a motel hall in Waldport, Oregon. After selling all of their worldly possessions and saying farewell to their loved ones, around 20 people vanished from the hotel and from the public eye and joined the group. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, later that year on CBS Evening Ruse. I mean, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're going with it. Do to do. All right. Walter Cronkite mm-hmm. reported on the disappearances in one of the first national reports on the de- like developing religious group. Okay. I don't. I don't really love calling it that, but it is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just say group. Group of people who have lost their minds. Um, mm. So, quote, a score of persons have disappeared. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a mystery whether they have been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply taken. <laughs> okay. I think that's exactly the same Walter, thing. Walter is like, Walter is. Going for it. He all is. in. He is like, serious, man. Um, in reality, Applewhite and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. From that point, um, they would be known as, like, Doe and T. Okay. Um, it's spelled, like, do and tie, um, but it's pronounced Doe and T. <laughs> okay. So. The two people or the group? No, the two people. Okay. Um, Nettles and Applewhite. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm going to be referring to them. Doe and tea. I'm just kidding. No, I'm going to be referring to them as nettles and apple alike. Why are they doe and I tea? Don't, I don't fucking know, man. We're, I mean, I do, but um, it's just like, 
It's okay. <laughs> it's it's just like um like another way to disassociate themselves from being like a human, like a regular human, like mm. giving themselves another name. Like another like strange nickname. Strange situation. like oh that's otherworldly, like Oh. setting them apart. Does that make like, sense? Like, this is, like, our actual selves. Yeah, 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 Like, yeah. this is what you see as human, but our actual being is. Yeah, is dough and tea. Mm-hmm. Um, as of, as, as the two now called themselves dough and tea, they led nearly 100-member crew across the country, sleeping in tents and sleeping bags and begging on the streets. Evading detection by authorities and the media enabled the group to grow... Um, excuse me, to grow and to really focus on Nettles and Applewhite's doctrine of helping members of the crew achieve a, quote, higher evolutionary level, mm-hmm. um, which they claim to have already reached, Doe and T. Oh, yeah. Um, Applewhite and Nettles used a variety of aliases. Um, besides just Doe and T, they used Bo and Peep. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, leading the sheep astray. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so the group also had a variety of names, like the group itself. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the adoption of Heaven's Gate, and at the time uh, of Ali... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, prior to the name Heaven's Gate, they were known as the Human Individual metaphor- Metamorphosis, which, like, the initials spell him. Um, the group reinvented itself and renamed itself several times and had a variety of recruitment methods. Applewhite believed he was directly related to Jesus. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you're not a human. Mm -hmm. Meaning he was an evolutionary kingdom level above human. Uh. Yeah. So... Applewhite's writings, which combined, like, aspects of millennialism and science fiction Mm -hmm. and then, like, off-the-wall prophecies about, like, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, some um, scripture. Mm -hmm. Just Um, throw that in. Just throw that in. (laughs) I was trying to think of the word. I'm like, what is that word? Mm -hmm. Um, He believed himself to be Jesus's successor. And the present representative of Christ on Earth, which I think is so funny. Like, present representative just sounds, like, so official. <laughs> like, the Jesus Christ is, like, a group. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, this is our president, our present representative. <laughs> I don't know why like that got me. Like an ambassador. I don't know why that got me earlier, but I was, like, giggling about it. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Present representative. Well, it also means, like, other people came before him, so he's not, like, that important. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Applewhite and Nettles taught during the religious movement's early beginnings that um, Nettles' bodily vehicle was inhabited by the same alien spirit, which belonged to... No, I'm sorry, not not Nettles. Applewhite's bodily vehicle was inhabited by the same alien spirit which belonged to Jesus. Mm. Um, Likewise, for Nettles, was presented as God the Father. It's not weird at all. (laughs) Girl, who are you telling? (laughs) (laughs) 
What? Yeah, so the crew used numerous methods of recruitment, like I said, as they toured the United States in destitution, proclaiming gospel of a higher level metamorphosis, the deceit of humans by false god spirits, um, envelopment with sunlight for meditative healing, and the divinity of the UFO too. You remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, in April 1996. In April 1976, the group stopped recruiting and became reclusive and instituted a rigid set of behavioral guidelines. So, if it wasn't a cult already. Yeah. Um, Here we go. Yeah. Including banning sexual activity and the use of drugs. Applewhite and Nettles also solidified that they represented the sole temporal and religious authority of the group. Um, Benjamin Zeller described the movement as having transformed from a loosely organized social group to a centralized religious movement compared to a roving monastery, which, huh, okay. So Applewhite's little gang, uh, found a, found a very appetizing alternative to like traditional dogmas and like Judaism, Catholicism, and even evangelical Christianity. So many of Applewhite's and Nettles' crew hailed from these very diverse backgrounds. Um, most of them are described by researchers as have been like longtime truth seekers mm. um, or spiritual hippies who had long since believed in attempting to like find themselves mm-hmm. um, through spiritual means, combining faiths in a sort of like cultural melting plot, pot. Um, well into the mid 1980s. Okay. Um, however, remarkably, many of those same researchers note that not all of Applewhite's crew were hippies recruited from like alternative religious backgrounds. In fact, one such recruit early on was John Craig, a respected Republican and ranch owner who came close to winning the 1970 Colorado House of Representatives race. How random is that? That is random. Right? Um, like what happened in his life that he was like, you know what? Yeah. He joined in 1975. I mean, I guess he lost the Colorado house of representatives race and was like, I'm going to join a fucking cult. I was like, what am I going to do with my life now? Join a religious cult. Sounds like a midlife crisis to me. Mm-hmm. So as recruit numbers grew in its pre-internet days, the clan of, uh, at this point they're calling themselves UFO followers. Uh, all seem to have a common need for communal belonging and an alternative path to like a higher existence without the constraints of institutionalized faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Identifying themselves as uh, using the business name Higher Source and using their website, because now it's the internet days, Mm -hmm. um, to recruit followers beginning in the early 1990s. So rumors began spreading throughout the group Throughout the group in the following years that the upcoming um, comet, the Hale... Haley's Comet? No, Hale Bop. Oh, I don't know about that one. Okay. Housed the secret to their ultimate salvation and ascent into the kingdom of heaven, and that at this point there had been a few articles ran about them. Um, so, like, that just causes more interest mm-hmm. in this group. Yeah. And like now they have like, oh, this comet's coming and this is like conspiracy people are like This is the event. On. Like yeah. this is where we're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um so uh they get it. Mm-hmm. Um in October nineteen ninety six, the group began renting a large home which they called the monastery. 
9,200 square foot home, to be exact. Um, Yikes. Yeah. The mansion was located near um, 1834 1 Carl- Colina Norte um, in Rancho Santa Fe, California. Uh, they paid $7,000 per month in, in cash, which is in the 90s. So how much is that with yeah. inflation? I don't know. 90s. Google it. $12,205. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. In cash. Than anything. Well, that's how they were paid. They yeah. were paid in cash. Well, yeah. Um, in the same month, the group also purchased alien abduction insurance that would cover up to 50 members and would pay out a million dollars per person. The policy covered abduction, impregnation, and death by aliens. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Prior to this... Who even sells that? I don't... I don't... Like a scam, or is that, like, real? Like... I don't... I mean, honestly, I feel like it, it can't be real. Like, I feel like, like as much as I want it to be real... Right. I feel like it can't be real. Because, like, how would you prove that? Yeah. Okay, so prior to this, mm-hmm. in June 1995, they purchased land near Manzano, New Mexico, and had begun work creating a compound out of rubber tires and concrete, but had left abruptly in 1996, like April 1996. Mm-hmm. So on March 19th through the 20th, 1997, Ma- Marshall Applewhite taped himself in Doe's final exit. He was speaking of mass suicide and, quote, the only way to evacuate this Earth. After asserting that a spacecraft was trailing mm-hmm. um, the comet Hale-Bopp and that this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate, Applewhite mm-hmm. persuaded 38 followers to prepare for ritual suicide so their souls could board the supposed craft. Um, Applewhite believed that after their deaths and unidentified flying object would take their souls to another level of existence above human, which she described as being both physical and spiritual. Their preparations included each member's videotaping a farewell message. Um, To kill themselves, members took a um, phenobarbital mixed with applesauce or pudding and then washed it down with vodka. I mean, because why not? Um, honestly. Additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads after ingest- ingesting the mix to induce asphyxiation. Um, all 39 were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants and brand new black and white Nike decades. Mm, um, this is the thing. That this is the thing that I was talking about, that these shoes were discontinued. Mm-hmm. Like, they were pulled off the shelves and discontinued mm-hmm. because of this. Yeah. Um, and I asked my mom about this because, like, it's, like, the early 90s. She yeah. sh- she should remember. And she did. <laughs> um, so she was like, yeah, I just remember seeing, like, the news coverage of, like, the shoes because, like, um, they showed, like, the bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously not, like, the actual body. Like, the actual bodies, but, like, blurred out. Yeah. But, like, she just, she said that she just remembers seeing, like, people's shoes lined up uh, where the yeah. bodies were. Yeah. Um, which is honestly just so crazy. Yeah. Um, so 
They also had armband patches reading Heaven's Gateway Team, one of many instances of the group's use of like um, the fictional universe of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Each member had on their person a $5 bill and three quarters in their pocket, which is also intriguing. Mm-hmm. According to former members, this was standard for members leaving the home for jobs and a humorous way to tell us they had left the planet permanently. Uh, the $5 bill was covering the cost of vagrancy laws, and the quarters were for calling home on pay phones. Mm. Once a member was dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head, followed by posing the body so it lay neatly in its own bed with faces and torsos covered by square purple cloth for privacy. In an interview with Harry Robinson, the two surviving members said that the identical clothing was used as a uniform for the mass suicide to represent unity, while the Nike decades were chosen because the group got a good deal on the shoes. Mm. Well, I mean, if you get about that many. Mm -hmm. Applewhite was also a fan of Nikes, quote, and therefore everyone was expected to wear and like Nikes. I mean, that's a cult. Mm-hmm. Heaven's Gate also had a saying within the group. Just do it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, what? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so the 39 people, mm-hmm. 21 were women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72. Wow. Yeah. Are believed to have died in three groups over the succession succession um, of three days, mm-hmm. uh, with remaining participants cleaning up after each prior group's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, the suicides occurred in groups of 15, 15, and 9 um, between approximately March 22nd and March 26th. It's not known exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, among the dead was Thomas Nichols, the brother of actress Michelle Nichols, who is best known for her role of Uhura on the television series Star Trek. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leader Applewhite was the third to last member to die. Two people remained after him and were the only ones who would be found with bags over their heads and not having purple cloths covering the top of their halves. Um, Before the last suicides, similar sets of packages were sent to numerous Heaven's Gate-affiliated or formerly-affiliated individuals. And at least one media outlet, uh, the BBD, the BBD, that's a new media outlet. Oh, okay. You ever heard of it? No. No, it's my new, it's my new news work network. Um, they sent it to the department for Louise Thoreau's Weird Weekends, for which Heaven's Gate had earlier declined participation in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was I'm interesting. Like, here you go, here's your exclusive. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So among those in the list of recipients was Rio D'Angelo. The package D'Angelo received on the evening of March 25th, as other packages sent had contained two VHS tapes, Um, One with Doe's final exit and the other with the farewell messages of the group followers. It also contained a letter stating that, among other things, quote, we have exited our vehicles just as we had entered them. 
Upon uh, informing his boss of the contents of the packages, D'Angelo received a ride from Los Angeles to the Heaven's Gate home in um, Rancho Santa Fe so he could verify the letter. D'Angelo found the back door intentionally left unlocked to allow access and used a video camera to record what he found. And there's a documentary. I believe it's on Netflix. I don't remember the name of it right off the top of my head. I'll put it in our sources, like with all my other sources. But like they show the videotape from it and it is honestly so unsettling. Like just like because you like I can't imagine the smell. Yeah, you know, been there for a while. And I have a very sensitive nose, as Sierra knows. Mm-hmm. Like she has to clean out the, <laughs> she has to clean out the fridge, and like if she like is opening something, she's like, I don't want you anywhere near here. Like go away, because I will vomit immediately. Um, but yeah, I just I cannot. Um, so after leaving the house, D'Angelo's boss, who had waited outside, encouraged him to make calls to authorities, alerting them to, like, what he had discovered. Um, So, the San Diego County Sheriff's Department received an anonymous tip through 911 system at 3.15 on March 26, suggesting, quote, they check on the welfare of the residents. Mm. Um, Days after the suicide, the caller was revealed to be D'Angelo. So, this is, this is the transcript of the, the call. Caller, yes, I need to report an anonymous tip. Who do I talk to? Sheriff's Department. Okay, this is regarding what? Caller, this is regarding a mass suicide, and I can give you the address. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, San Diego County 911, they resa- respond with a single deputy who <laughs> entered the home through the side door, saw 10 bodies, and was nearly uh, overcome by a pungent odor. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hot California. Yeah. For like and I mean, some of them have been dead for four days. Almost. Yeah. So after a cursory search by two deputies found no one alive, both retreated until a search warrant could be procured. All 39 bodies were ultimately cremated. Um, the Heaven's Gate was, event was widely publicized in the media. Um, as an example of mass suicide, when news broke of the suicides and the relation to the Comet Hale-Bopp and the co-discoverer of the comet, Alan Hale, was drawn into the story. Hale's phone, quote, never stopped ringing the entirety, like, of the day. Mm-hmm. He did not respond until the next day when he spoke on the subject at a press conference, but only after researching the details of the incident. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not a, don't know anything about this. Like, I'm not going to speak yeah. to something that I yeah. don't know. So, speaking at the Second World Skeptics Congress in Heidelberg, Germany, on July 24th, 1998, Dr. Hale discussed the scientific significance and popular lore of comets and gave a personal account of his discovery. He then lambasted the combination of science, uh, scientific illiteracy, willful delusions, and a radio talk show's deception about an imaginary spacecraft following the comet. Mm. So... Because I guys know. Yeah. So Hale was even noted to that that before Heaven's Gate had happened, mm-hmm. he had told a colleague we we're probably going to have some suicides as a result of this comment. Yeah, because people be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So news of the 39 deaths in Rancho Santa Fe motivated the copycat suicide of a 58-year-old man living in Marysville, California. The man left a note dated March 27th, which said, quote, I'm going to be on the spaceship with Hale-Bopp to be with those who have gone before me. And it imitated some of the details of Heaven's Gate suicide as they had been reported, mm-hmm. obviously, in the media. Um, the man was found dead by a friend on March 31st, March 31st, um, and had no known connection with Heaven's Gate. He just saw it and was like, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. So at least three former members of Heaven's Gate ultimately died by suicide themselves in the months following the mass suicide event. Mm-hmm. On May 6, 1997, Wayne Cook and Chuck Humphrey attempted suicide in a hotel in a similar manner. Um, Cook died and Humphrey survived this attempt. Uh, another former member, member, James Perky Jr., died by suicide by a self-inflicted gunshot wound on May 11th. Humphrey, who had survived his first attempt, ultimately completed suicide in Arizona in February 1998. Mm. Two former members, Mark and Sarah King of Phoenix, Arizona, um, are believed to actually be maintaining the group's website. Because the group's website is still there. And, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, request What's that we point? I'm going to request that we put a screenshot in of this website because this website is so fucking 90s <laughs> like it is it is quite hilarious like it's got like a black background it's got like flashing font oh, it's got yeah. like comic sans mm-hmm. it's got like these weird little graphics that like pop up and um it's just it's a in, it's intriguing hmm. um but yeah that is the case of Heaven's Gate um, that is the story of my dumpster fire week, and that's all I have for you. All right. Any comments? Um, while I don't believe that it's true, like, that they actually... No, 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 no. No. Um, I feel like, I feel like it's just, like, the teachings of a madman and a mad woman. And it's... Like, and like on vulnerable people. I think people. I've done this before. I've said this before, but like, how does your brain like compute that? Yeah. You know, like, how does your brain decide, or you know, you consciously decide that this is what is true? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. And you know, not just that there was a spaceship coming on the thing, but that they were from another planet or another dimension or whatever. Mm-hmm. And. Of all the people in the whole world, you two are the witnesses. Yeah, yeah. From the Bible, like two uh, white people. I mean, at that, like what? Like, like just some randos. Yeah, that just that baffles me that you think so highly of yourself. Or I mean, really though, I just I mean, like I joke around that I'm like hot shit or whatever mm-hmm. because that's just what I do. But, like, to honestly think that you are Jesus's next in line and that you are God the Father. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even believe in that stuff. And, like, still it sounds so outlandish. Yeah. Like, what? I'm just curious. I would be curious, like, what made them think, like, before they became the cult part, Mm -hmm. when it was just the two of them, they're just, like, going through these different things. 
am thinking about it. Like, what was their motivation? And all of it, then, like, did it happen just, like, an epiphany, quote-unquote? I just feel like it, like, it's a slow progression of them, like, wanting more and more control and more and more money mm-hmm. over these people. Because, I mean, they, they, they took these people's money. Right, they sold all their worldly possessions. Yeah, and, and they everything. made them go on the street and beg. Yeah. Um. So I feel like it's just a a progression. Like, let's see what I can make these people do now. Which, I mean, why would they also go through with the suicide? Yeah. If they were just trying to con them. I don't know. That's that's the part that gets me. So like that's. In some way, they also believe that. I guess the same reason Jim Jones went through it. Narcissistic, and then they get caught up in their own sh- bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just sad. Yeah. For those people. Yay. Um, Sierra? <laughs> Plug the things. Plug them. Yeah, it's 530 here right now you guys and I'm ready to go lay in my bed so Mm. firefighting is hard firefighting is hard Mm -hmm. yeah but you guys can find us on Facebook Instagram Paranorm Podcast Um, we usually post about the episode and we're having in a hot minute but like if we find something we feel like you guys I find something humorous yeah um and then, but you can also find us on our website, paranormalpodcast.com. Um, you can contact us through there. We have like a little contact us portion. And then um, it has all the information about each case, um, a little bit about the episode, pictures, sources. And then we also include um, resources that you guys can use, personal things. Um, Mental health resources, which are coming in the clutch this week for your girl. Yeah. So feel free to check those out. And if you want to send us an email, paranormalpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to send us some mail in the snail mail, we would greatly, we would appreciate that. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, It's like my favorite thing, y'all. Yeah. If you don't know by now. It's, I love mail. Mail is my shit. Um, So our, our field box is, uh. 1416 Monroe, North Carolina, 28111. Three That's ones. Three ones. Yeah, three ones. Um, so. And then finally, the best way you guys can support us, well, two of the best ways you guys can support us, we have a Patreon. We have some cool bullshit on there. Not, it's not bullshit. It's cool shit. Um, <laughs> so go check that out. Or if you can't give monetarily, you can always share our podcast with, you know, your friends, your homies as I refer to Sierra as of lately, because mm-hmm. um, we live together, so technically she is my homie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, your family, if, if like, especially if they're like really conservative, you're like, guys, I found this really great podcast, <laughs> and make them listen to episode two, um, because mm. I feel like that would be really funny, and I want to hear how that goes down. <laughs> um, I need joy That's in my sweet. life, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go lay in my bed and cry. Goodbye, everyone. We'll be back in two weeks. Probably. Bye.